going guys it's podcast number four um and uh, i've got dave and kip on the line and because there's no hockey and there's no news um we're trying to create content um and so we've decided that we're going to try and analyze the best and worst trades that have occurred in the mhl in the last 10 years so how's it going kip and dave hello mr commissioner what's up jack thanks for having us (laughs) thanks for having us (laughs) (laughs) What are you drinking? Um, I have one of these uh, hazy IPAs. Those uh, IPAs are training wheel. Training wheel one. Nice. Oh, you, Dave? You're celebrating the Steelers win. That was that was a brutal game to watch. Um, I I had a lot of beers the last two nights, so I'm opting out oh. of drinking tonight. I'm sorry. Okay. I think it should be a rule. Very disappointing, I know. <laughs> I think when we, it should be a rule when we do one of these things, we should be drinking. But okay. I'll give myself a very disappointing. <laughs> All right. All right. So, <laughs> um, so I went through and um, tried to, an- or not analyze, but uh, list out all 10, all last 10 years of trades. Uh, the system's not great. So the, going back to the 2010-11 season, I wasn't able to actually figure out exactly. I learned in this, you'll, you'll, you guys will get a chuck out of this. You know, Ralph... Wait a second. If I say his name, I got to say this too. Book Ralph. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Ralph, um, I've given him grief, but it's been sort of loving grief. Um, He's got the most amazing database of fantasy stats for his football league. So if you go to QFOFootball.com, it is insane the level of detail he's maintained for, for the, our football league. And I realize what a shitty commissioner I am <clears throat> when every time I look at it, because I didn't keep track of anything to the point that we had to actually go back and like, well, who won the championship this year and that year and look at <laughs> cups that were missing and stuff. But he's got, Oh my God, it's just amazing. So, um, and so I regretted not doing something like that as soon as we talked and had this idea of analyzing 10 years worth of trades. Um, but anyway, so it's we did the, the, the background, the, the, the research has been done, um, and it's kind of interesting. Um, there's a few teams that have got real predilections to trades. Um, so what do you, I mean, was there early on, well, I don't even know how to approach this because I've got so many up, ups and down arrows. So, um, and so, well, my, I, I think, so many of my trades I, I think sucked. you should first, <laughs> I think you should first start with, how many trades have been done by certain teams? Well, hopefully, because you, hopefully you took took. So I, I, for it. I I did the math because this is a week of doing math, and my brain is now exploding from all the math I've done this week, and I won't do any more for the rest of the year. So that's good. But you did um, so. There's a perception out there that you know the floppers certainly make a lot of trades, and maybe the ferrets make no trades. Who do you think over the past 10 years has made the most trades? 
I was going to say the floppers. Jack? Yeah, I make a lot. Um, I don't know. You make a lot, too. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to go me. Okay. So you're both right. <laughs> the, flop, the floppers and Caucasians have both made 22 trades. Oh, it's a Philly wow. thing. And then it goes to the Warthogs at 16 and the Condors at 15. And then drops down to the Bundas, who both made 10 trades over the past 10 years. Oh. And the uh, the Ottawa Silver 7. So those are all at 10. I now, feel bad we didn't who made the floppers the, onto the f- podcast. Who made the least amount of trades over the past 10 years? Somebody's had to make zero. Well, there, there might be a zero, but I didn't count. I didn't, if, if they weren't on the <laughs> list, I don't <laughs> So of those who've made trades, who's made the fewest? All people who made the trade, who made the least amount of trades? How about Dave McGrain? Okay. What do you say, Jack? Uh, I'm going to say the rats. Okay. So it, it, at the bottom, Moostraw has made five. The farts have made four. Rats have made three. The ferrets have made two. Damn it. And the McGrain boys won each. each. Wow. So the McGreens are the hardest to trade with. So in 2017, the lefties made a trade. They got Jared Spurgeon and Craig Anderson for Chara and Mike Smith. So they, in, in 10 years, it took Jared Spurgeon to get them to move on a trade. That's interesting. <laughs> in 2016, the Wee Kings, in their one trade in the past 10 years, traded Corey Perry for Thomas Vanek. A trade so vanilla. <laughs> I mean, come on. You waited 10 years, and that's your trade. So the Wee Kings are at the bottom of the trading window here. Oh, and, and I think wow. it's interesting that in now, now that, you know as I look at those two, neither neither of them. Um, well, the the Weekings obviously they got a draft pick, so they were they were sellers, right? Um, so why Mushjaw thought Corey Perry was worth a third round pick? Thomas Vanek is an interesting question. Um, the lefties, I mean, that was a trade with me, and I'm going back and looking at that, and that, that was the year actually I won the cup against you, Dave. So that was a pleasant. So I must have, you know, I, don't know. I gave him, I got, Jarrah and Smith must have been doing okay that year. So it must have been a decent trade. But you're Spurgeon right. must be upset. He never lifted the MHR Cup. So I think what it, what it does say is that neither of the, the, the McGrains actually trade at the end of the year to improve their playoff chances, apparently. Yeah, it must be something in Lawrenceville. It must be something they are, you know, diehard Pittsburghers, Diehard Lawrenceville, diehard their own teams. So the Bundes, Jerry and Jason, have made, according to this list, which is allegedly shaky here, but they've made two trades, two very shaky, two trades in their 10 years. So maybe we could evaluate each trade and find out who won between Jerry and Jason, you know, because they share the computer, so the trade should be fairly even. Yeah, let's look, <laughs> let's look at this. So the f- when was the first one? So the first one was actually 2014, 2015. Uh, the Turbos acquired Anti John Carlson, and a first-round pick for Darcy Kemper and Jaden Schwartz and a second-round pick. 
Who won that one? <laughs> Neither won that one. Neither made the finals, so uh, you would assume that Jerry was was the seller because he got a first round pick back. Um, but boy, it, it didn't help either of them. <clears throat> I guess it was before John Carlson broke back. Before John Carlson broke broke out, and I think he's going to come up a little later too. Yep, I think he will too. <laughs> <laughs> so the following year, in 2015, the Freezer Burn acquired Tyler Johnson for nothing. Who won that trade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was why. Yeah, well, that's a shenanigans move there. Because by then I was able to actually go back and recapture. This is the this is my point about Ralph in the beginning. If I'd have kept track of this shit all along, I would have been fine. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. So, but Ralph doesn't have a podcast yet. So, but I've offered to offer our. I've offered him that we will do a QFA podcast if he's willing to pay me about twenty twenty five bucks an episode to use the MHL technology. So we'll see. He hasn't gotten back to me yet. So we'll see if he actually buys into that. <laughs> Old Ralph would have gotten back to you. Old Ralph. <laughs> see what if I'm working on a podcast with Ralph, but he's 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 hard to get a hold of. When he, well, he's when he agrees busy. to do a podcast, he doesn't show up. So yeah, he's just too busy doing his Cufa standings and stuff. All his work he's got to do. Yeah, go to cufafootball.com and check it out. It's amazing. Shamelessly plug his website. All right, so um, so I noticed as I was putting this together that shock, shockingly, the three of us we tend to deal with each other a lot. Um, so I, I, I saw an interesting one. Um, it goes back to, um, 2013, 14. Um, and it must've been helpful to you, Kip, but I traded Roberto Luongo in the second round pick to you for Tuka Rask in a year that you ended up winning the cup. Um, so that was impressive because I would assume at that point, Luongo was still a serious goalie, but Rask was... You know, I don't know if I was, it wasn't his rookie year. I think his rookie year was a couple of years before that. So I think I was getting the better of the players. And what was interesting about that year is that the very next, or uh, the next pick I came up with was that you traded a first round pick or you acquired a first round pick from Greg for Dustin Bufflin. So that was two, you got a first round pick and a second round pick and you won the cup that year. So that's a pretty impressive performance in the, going up to the trading deadline there for you, Kip. Yeah, that was the, a really really crazy year for I mean, a lot of different ways to, I, I believe I'm, you know, it's been a while, but I believe that I got Longo and then I think he got injured and I actually, I went into the finals without a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I had no goalie and I, and I still beat Andy, you know, like we were, we, I, you know, it was like maybe 12 points to 13 points. It was like 15 points to 16 points and, yeah, I mean, I never had a goalie. I don't think the last three games. It was crazy. That's bullshit. You know what it tells me is Dustin Bufflin must have been uh, trouble in the uh, Warthog clubhouse. Well, he was probably picking on 14-year-old Connor McDavid at that point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. But I believe that year we also have a new term. You know, we had the, the term Ralphing your team. Yes. Uh, we, we now have a new term of kipping your team. Kipping your team. You know, trading your way into the playoffs by dumping your best players. And, and that's exactly right. That that year was. I mean, I, I think I had the fire sale pretty early in the in the uh, season, and then for some reason, you know, I just kind of eked by a few wins, and then I got fortunate to to land Andy in the final. And you know how that goes with Andy. You know, for the first time ever, playing a defensive 
uh, defensive roster paid off. You know, strong defense finally won. So, Dave, um, on this first page of the older trades, um, I saw a trade that I, I definitely wanted to talk to you about because it was in 2012-13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I look at it now, and I'm pretty proud of it. Um, and it's funny because it, there's this symmetry because it's got Tuka Rask in it again. Um, but I traded you Dan Boyle, who was with San Jose at the time, for Tuka Rask, and Tuka Rask, rather, for... Uh, and now Stanley Cup champion Con. What's the what's the winner of the playoff MVP thing? I don't know. Uh, it's not it's not the Con Smythe Trophy. Whatever it is, uh, Victor Hedman, Cam Ward, and a third round pick. So I was Ralphing my team um, that year um, and got Victor Hedman out of it, which is a, I mean I'm, I'm not saying that was a bad trade on your part because obviously I think in 2012-13 you know Wendell only knew what Victor Hedman was going to turn into, but um, that was. So, I mean, talking about trades that you do in terms of playoffs, that you actually pick up somebody that you know now was eight years later still on the roster. It's kind of cool. You've had Hedman that whole time. I've had Hedman the whole time since then. Yep. Wow. Well, you know, in, until you put this out, I had no idea I've ever had Juka Rask. Well, you I have no idea because you must not have you must not have protected him because then I ended up having him again next the following year, and there's no trade with us involving him. So. If we only knew what that third round pick was, yeah. <laughs> well, I could have been one of the well, best. Well, if I was Ralph, I would have been able to do that too because I could have gone back and looked at all that. God, I yeah, suck and, and as that a year, commissioner. That year, Dan Boyle was a stud. I mean, he. So I think in that year, I think Condors obviously got the the better, but over the, over time, Victor Hedman obviously is is a, is the uh, the long term stud for sure. My team's really good at when I acquire a player, them just going right in the tank. Well, it's kind of interesting because I mean, I, I, I've when we get off to get into the more recent ones, I, there were, there are guys that I gave up on these things that, um, and and I think Kip, you did too, um, for sure. That our stall, our mainstays on people's lineups now. So you never know. Um, that's the beauty of only four protections. I've got I already got people. You know, I sent the thing out on the the schedule and stuff. And so I've got guys in the league saying, well, maybe we should protect more players this year. I'm like, that's bullshit. Why would we do that? (laughs) (laughs) This four protection with the age thing, I think it's like the most perfect system. I mean, it's the one thing I have over Ralph. I've got a much cooler protection draft system than Ralph does. I think we should do a complete redraft Uh, for, for the short season. Except for Connor McDavid. Except for Connor McDavid. Well, you know, that's a, okay. Know, all right. So I was, I was going to bring something up, but I didn't, you know, it's a podcast and you don't want to make your guest guest guest. Is that the right <laughs> word? Your, your, your co-hosts, um, you know, you don't want to surprise them, but that's the other thing that might be interesting about a short season. Like we're going to deal with is somehow keep the freeze, print the rosters out as they are now, but start over for a short season and then come back in when we get to the next normal season and go back to the rosters. We, we had with the same protection scheme. That could be kind of a cool thing. I think we should just have an OHL league and be done with this NHL business. Well, the OHL's like outlawing hitting because of COVID. So, you know, these 16-year-old kids who can't possibly die from it you know, can't hit each other. Anyway. So you can hit, or you can't hit, but you can fight? I, yeah, well I, I, well, I would assume you can't fight if you can't hit, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, can, you, can you lick another player's face? <laughs> Because it really is. That is the most important thing. That is the most important thing. 
So, so was there anything else on the on the second page? So those would be the earlier trades that would be from 2015-16 down to 2010-11. Because I think I had all my best and worst trades in the more recent years, which kind of makes sense when you think about it. Is there anything? My else? um, yeah, my number three best slash worst trade uh, occurred that first year, 2010-2011. Wow. I acquired Shea Weber for a uh, unspecified draft pick from the Warthogs. <laughs> Shea Weber was on my team for a long time, scored 404 NHL points since then, uh, which translates into more MHL points. I don't know what the math is there. But no. um, that was a huge uh, get for me. Thank you, Kip. But you know what? He really was not a team player for us at the Warhog organization. I mean, like Dustin Bufflin? Yeah, they're both pricks. And um, <laughs> so we had to learn un- 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 them. Hey, the other thing from the first page, and I want to talk about um, a, a, a certain player named Blake Wheeler. Four years in a row, Blake Wheeler was traded. Twice I got him. I noticed so, he bounced around a lot. So the first year, uh, I acquired him for a second-round pick. The second year, Jack, you acquired him for a third-round pick. The third year, the Floppers acquired him with a third-round pick for Kyle Poso. So you can see his... his weight is dropping, you know, that he's going downhill. And then I acquired him the fourth year for a third round pick again. So I think there should be a rule from now on that whoever has Blake Wheeler has to trade him during the season. But I, do they have I also to, know my track record do, of proposing trade. Well, no, not I, very good. I love it, but do they have to get a third round pick? I mean, is it a mandatory, whatever, wherever he goes, you're getting that team's third round pick. No, I, I think you, you, you try to do what you can, but I, I'd like to see his value throughout his career. If you can get a third-round pick, great. Maybe it's a fifth-round pick. Maybe it's another player. Let's see. But you have to trade him. Do we know if anybody has him now? I think I tried to acquire him last year. <laughs> <laughs> little playoff yep. run move. <laughs> he's, a death, he's a depth addition if you're a, you think you're a playoff team. Yeah, he, he's such a good team. You never have too many good winners. He's a great third or fourth winger. All right. Well, so let's move into recent history. Um, I think uh, there's there's some really interesting trades there, and so I'm going to cop to um, a really bad trade that I made. Though it's kind of funny because I lost in the finals that year. So I was obviously making. I thought I was making a run, but in sixteen seventeen, I traded David Posternick, which is like the anti-Headman trade now for Patrick Marlowe. So Marlowe was still a decent player then, but he was clearly 16, 17. I think he was 47 then. Um, so he was starting <laughs> to tail off. <laughs> but it um, wasn't a penguin quite Jack, yet because I would never trade for a penguin. But um, That ranked as my number one best and worst trade ever. So yes. congratulations. To that is a hard trade. Pasternak, let me, let me give you some numbers because I did some more math here. 2016, 34 goals, 70 points. 2017, 35 goals, 80 points. 2018, 38 goals, 81 points. 2019, 48 goals, 95 points. Uh, and he has a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Patrick Marlowe can't even make the St. Barnabas intramural team. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, barely could that year. So. He destroyed you in that trade. So, so how many trades did you say the Rats had? I think uh, I think it was three, three. All right, so I see two. Of them. Okay, where's the? Th- I'm trying to find the third. So let's look at. I mean, because I'm 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 wondering if the rats are the best traders ever 
when it comes to this because okay, so they traded Marlowe so to Daniel Sardine and exactly that's where I'm going. So they got okay. Pasternak for Marlowe in sixteen seventeen, and then in thirteen fourteen they got Daniel Sedin and Dustin Penner. So throwaway stuff for Chara and Lad. I'm not, I'm not seeing the other pick right away. So what was, do you see where the third pick was? Yeah, the uh, the same year of the Pasternak, they have uh, Connor Sheeran for oh. Jeff Carter. With me again. <laughs> yeah. I got fleeced Not twice. Sure. So the rats seem like, uh, you know, pretty astute trade, you know, uh, trading deadline traders for sure. Um, though they're not. Small, but small they're not sample in, size. Yeah, what, but they don't do picks, right? They hold off for players. They <laughs> hold off for young talent. You know, so Connor right. Sheary, which I think probably in that year, Connor Sheary might've been his rookie year with you guys. Um, and he was a pretty solid player. He had a decent amount of goals, I think. Um, playing with Crosby. Yeah, playing with Crosby. And then, you know, Daniel Sedin, 13, 14, that's sort of, you know, he was in his 20s, well, late 20s, I would think. And then obviously Pasternak's a stud. So, yeah, so I'll cop to one of the worst trades maybe ever in the league for that. I think that's the worst one ever. Although, uh, in 2017, 2018, my, my number two right behind that trade, best worst, uh, I received Artemi Panarin from the Warthogs for Nino Niederreiter, dead, and a second-round pick. <laughs> the, bread man, the, the bread man has since gone on to score 27 goals, 28 goals, and 32 goals. And he is the founder of Panera Bread. And Niederreiter went on to star in that movie, you know, where he, he was a real dick when he went to Faber College. So, <laughs> pretty good trade on my point. I was Shane Barber and, and Panarin. Thanks, Skip. You're welcome. I was clearly going for the second round pick there. <laughs> Whoever that was. Well, I think, you know, that it's interesting because I think that, so, Dave, you've had Panarin since then, right? And you still do, right? Yes. And the yes. Rats have had Pasternak since then and still do. And I've had Hedman since then and still do. So, you know, that's, so the Pat Panarin trade is what, three seasons back. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, those are, you know, I think that's the thing, right? If you can, if you can, you can score, squeeze some young talent out of somebody um, that becomes a real keeper. I mean, that's, that's the hard thing about all these trades, right? Is you're trying to get keepers um, when you're Speaking a of, um, seller. Let's talk about the trade history between me and Kip. If, if you go back even further, I'm the one who traded Kip Al McGinnis right before he tore up his leg <laughs> <laughs> and never, never played again. Yeah. That's how bad about that one. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> that was trade not appearing on this list. No, that that's a that's a way back trade. I think yeah. I even felt so bad. I, I offered to give you back that draft pick, and you're like, "Nope, nope." I do recall that. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, that was like Al McGinnis was like really, you know, getting very very old. So he had probably, you know, maybe one season left in him. And I was banging, you know, for for every buck. And I was thinking, you know, I can get him for one more year. I just, you know, be a good guy on my team. We didn't have that over 35 keeper at that time. But but I was thinking you know, I could get one more year out of him. And I got, I think, what, maybe two games. And then he, you know, killed his knee or something. Yeah, And you as a doctor should have known that he was an old man and his leg was fragile. Allegedly. That you were among anyone. Yeah, allegedly a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's a pussy. 
so you guys had a trade in sixteen seventeen. I think that totally qualifies as milk toast in 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 his, looking back on it. So, Kip, you traded Ben Bishop in a second round pick, and so when Bishop was with LA, so he was backing up Jonathan Quick in exchange for Cam Talbot. So, Kip, you got Cam Talbot. I'm assuming Dave, you were thinking you didn't. Neither of you made the final, so I don't know. I think Dave, you were trying to you were building for the future. So, Kip, you made a decision that Cam Talbot was the the key to making the finals. You guys even recall how drunk you were when you made that trade. It had to be a, I'm, I'm thinking that was in the van trade. There was a year. So yeah. what year was it? So I think it was 1819. Cause I'm looking at all the volume of trades. Um, and there was that one year in the van and I think it was 1819. Cause that's got another one of my really bad trades. And I think that's after we've opened at least two um, shark attacks that I, I made a really bad trade with, with Jason who wasn't on the trip. Um, but that, Talbot for Bishop and a pick seems like a, tr- a van trip or van trade as well. That seems like a trade for a beer. Yeah, so I think what happened was I was actually trying to build a team of Camerons and they all had a Cameron in their name. So I think that's what I was going for. <laughs> Do you know who the other Camerons were? Oh, geez. There's got to be more Camerons out there. I'm still looking. Cam Fowler. Um, who else was out there that I was wanting to get? Cameron McDavid. I think that's what his <laughs> name was. <laughs> he was his 12-year-old brother. Right. Yeah, I've made some bad picks and trades, that's for sure. Um, let's see if I can find something that's good. I, I guess something that's good for you. In, okay. 2018-2019, uh, I traded you Robin Leonard. Yep. Yeah. Whatever, as a goalie for New York and a second round pick for the backup goalie for Tampa Bay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. a second round pick. So was Vasilevsky hurt then, or did you just decide he had to have been hurt? <laughs> you would hope. He had to have been. I don't know. <laughs> so I think that I forget every season as soon as it's over. Well, I, I that eight, like I said, eighteen nineteen. That had to be that flurry of trades in the in the van, um, and I. Because I, I have one of the best and worst trades ever that year that neither none of us are involved in. Um, so that was the year that um, my brother sent Ivan Pro, uh, Ivan Provorov, which had to you know be a little bit painful for him as a Flyers fan, and, mm-hmm. and a fifth round pick. So what the fuck is with the why? Why your fifth round <laughs> pick to Andy? So uh, you know Andy drafted. Um, Blake Wheeler with that pick probably um, in exchange probably. in exchange for John Carlson, which that's 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 at the top of my best and worst trades of these of uh, of, of the last ten years because Glenn scoring Glenn John Carlson for Provorov in the fifth round in eighteen nineteen, wow. That certainly that certainly made my list uh, as an honorable mention because um, since that trade, John Carlson has scored sixty eight points, seventy points, and then seventy five points. Provorov has scored 41, 26, 36. But the good news is he had a Corsi of 52.6 last year. So What's a Corsi? Gritty gets more points. Yeah, we, are we introducing Corsi into our scoring what, system? What, can you explain it? I don't know what a Corsi is. It's something about buck possession and not, you know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a stat. Well, I made a couple of really bad trades that year because I traded the floppers, Brad Marchand, for Nico Heischer. Because I, I was like, okay, now I've got I had Heischer and then I had, I had Nolan Patrick at the time. So, I, wow, I got the number one and the number two pick, and both of them suck. 
<laughs> well, you clearly got rid of him because he licked somebody's face, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm a Fontaine type situation. A little bit. And then I had another. That was a that was a good year for bad trades, and this one was particularly painful for me when I went back and looked at it because I didn't remember it. But I traded, and I and I remember doing this one in the van. Um, I traded uh, Shea the- Theodore to Jason for Eric Gustafson, and 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 having sat here in San Diego and watched Shea Theodore for two years and telling you guys that this guy was going to be a stud um, and was going to be a legit MHL scoring defenseman, and then trading him away for fucking Eric Gustafson. Um, just that's bullshit. Isn't, isn't Gustafson in uh, Philly now? He's flyer now, yeah, but I don't have him anymore. So, so clearly, his career is over. Clearly, his career is over. And Theodore, you know, it's, uh, it just irritates me because uh, you go to AHL games all the time, and there's there's very few players that you watch and say, "Wow, that guy, crazy good." Um, he's you know he's the he's the real deal. And then to, to give him away. And obviously I was, he was probably a rookie then, or maybe I kind of remember when he got, I think, you know, he was in the expansion Well, Anaheim traded to him to avoid losing him in the expansion draft. So I think they got a, like a pick back, but then he got sent to the AHL's, their AHL team. So maybe that's where he was sitting at the time, but still it's painful to look at. Speaking of San Diego goals, um, Brandon Montour just signed another big contract with that. Buffalo. So well, uh, I told everybody that Montour, and, I mean, Montour hasn't panned out. Montour and well. Theodore. Yeah, Montour hasn't panned out as well, which surprised me because he was pretty pretty amazing too here down at this level. But Theodore was just, oh, God, he just was so smooth. There was a good trade I was uh, looking at just uh, just now here with the, the last year. You, uh, Jack, and the Floppers, um, the Eric Carlson, Brock Nelson, and Johnny Goudreau in a first-round pick. Um, I mean, I we all know Eric Carlson had, had struggling for the last, couple of years and i think that's uh that's a pretty good pick for you i think you got the first round pick from the floppers and johnny good yeah so, i mean at the time we made that trade i wasn't i didn't know if i didn't really think i was going to make the playoffs um so yeah it's, so that's kind of does goes back to what you did and what, what year was that 13 14 where i was you know let's pick up a pick and then actually made a run at the end um and goudreau wasn't that great for me i don't even know if he's protectable at this point um but and I don't think Carlson or Brock. Well, Brock Nelson, that, that guy. I mean, I, he was awesome in the playoffs this year. So, but he's a center, so not that much value. That yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because you traded me Hellebuck. I gave you like five goalies and a pick for Hellebuck or something like that, right? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> is that, you probably, how many picks do you have going into uh, next year? Here, you must have a lot of them. No, I, well, I gave you a third-round pick for Hellebuck, and then I got a first-round pick from the Floppers for in the in that trade you mentioned. I don't think you also got a second-round pick. Yeah, but I gave up a fourth-round pick. I gave up a fourth-round pick to the Nordiques when I got Hoffman off of him. So, well, you know, so let's talk about that year. There's a there's a killer trade in last year, 1920, that I also had as like best. It's 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 a it's a close call on the Carlson best and worst trades. And that was my brother who was on the positive end of both of these trades acquired Braden point for a second round pick mm. from Ralph. That's just a freaking killer trade. Ralph got completely fucked on that one. 
Braden Point might be taking over as the number one center on that team. He might. That guy's crazy. Antos could be done. Yeah, so that was a that was a my brother's done okay. He he's done you know, he's fleeced a few people. Half his protection list is trade deadline players, so it's pretty impressive. It's a really cool name to have. Braden Point. Um, you know, Point is your last name. It's gotta be something, right? A goal scorer. So Kip, you made a bunch of trades uh, in this last year. So you traded. You got a. You made a good trade with Dave. You got. You guys always make. You. I mean, I don't know. Is there a rule? Is there, do you guys have some sort of unspoken agreement that you must make one trade, trade a year? Because um, I'm now I'm going back and looking, and yep, 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 yep. <laughs> okay, so I, I have to go back to fifteen sixteen to find a year you guys didn't make a trade. So, um, but you got that. Uh, kid from Chicago and a pick for Pacioretty Kip from Dave. That was a pretty good, that kid looks like he's pretty good. That Kubo lead or however you say that guy's name. Yeah. The only thing he's a rookie and he's like 27 or 28 years old, but I don't know about that kid. Well, what's, what's weird Eastern European country has he come from? Is he a Czech or something like that? Uh, slow Czechia. Yeah. Where he's from. So Dominic Kubo lead. So Czechia. <laughs> Did you know you had him Kip? I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I think he's from Iraq. I think he's Middle Eastern, I believe. You think? Wow. Yeah, that dude's definitely rode a camel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's, yeah, so then the year before, we talked already about it, Laner for Dominique. That was great. Um, we already talked about the Aaron and the Talbot and Bishop. Yeah, you guys make really interesting trades together. Funny. Well, to go to go back with uh, you know trading with Dave is we kind of like I think we kind of trade the way you should do it where we kind of like are really kind of reasonable with each other. Some of the people you know offer you stuff and you're like, what? What are you thinking? I mean, it's not even. So I think that it's easy for uh, Dave and I to trade. And then same with you, Jack. I think we kind of analyze the players and we kind of say, yeah, this is kind of reasonable trade um like trying to trade with the ferrets would be you know very difficult so when's the new guy going to give us a name so we can start not trading with him oh yeah <laughs> uh, sean grisofsky is now um and what team did he acquire what was taking the ferrets team he's, so he's taking the ferrets there you go yep. um so he gets joe sakic he gets malkin and sakic <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i did try trade ferrets once back i think once i think we probably all did but um, he wanted like you know your first round picks for the last 10 years and your second born child right and 12 lap down. um yeah that's a good point I'll, I'll talk with sean and uh say hey um you know what's your what's your team name what's your your goals for this year and and <laughs> what are you going to give up <laughs> uh, one-on-one with uh, Sean. Yeah, sprinkle a little seven habits of successful owners into there so he's, uh, he doesn't come in here and suck right off the bat. Um, <laughs> so is there anybody, I, I, I mean, not to play anybody on the spot because I didn't think about doing it, but Dave, you, since you decided to do math, did, was, was there anybody who didn't made a, make a trade? So I, I see the Cobains, I think, made, did they make one? I thought I saw them make one. But I don't have the Cobains on here, so they must not have made a trade. He's going to claim that that's a lie and, and fiction and that this is a bullshit league now. Yeah, he'll have some declaration. Yes, yeah, I don't see him anywhere. I don't see him anywhere. So 
So apparently, yeah, I didn't so apparently he did. I'm, and there's got to be there's got to be somebody else who didn't make a trade on here. Oh no, there's a Cobain's trade. I, I found the Cobain's trade actually. Backstrom and Forsberg, eighteen nineteen. Backstrom, that's a good trade. You know, Backstrom and Forsberg for a second round pick. I don't know if the, he was acquiring players. I'm assuming he, that was early. If you were at the bottom of the year, that was an early trade. So that might have been like a floppers avoiding non-protectable players kind of a thing. Um, and Cobain's not having <laughs> more than two protectable players at that point. Yeah, I think trading with the Cobains is somewhat difficult because trying to get a hold of Howard sometimes is very, very, very challenging. Who's Howard? Yeah, that, I think we had to do smoke signals once to get a hold of them. All right, so um, I think we're done with trades. Are we done with trades? And we're 40 minutes in, so everybody's already, half the league's turned it off. The other half are doing something else, and they kind of hear this in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to tell everybody. So I've got the analytics, and we we have, what do we have, two teams with partners? We have the Nordiques have partners and the Rats have partners, right? So that makes 18 people. And we've got 22 listeners. One of them in Singapore and one of them in Germany. Shout out to Singapore. Shout out to Singapore. Don't get yeah, tamed while German, you're there. The German must be Thomas Vanek. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not coming back to this podcast unless you talk about Robert Reichel at some point. <laughs> hey, before we go, there should be some mention and, and some condolences and RIP to uh, the Andy Banfield Twitter feed. I saw uh, that. Andy has, has gotten off Twitter. Uh, he suddenly realized that Twitter is not the most positive of places <laughs> and has uh, shut it down. So if you were looking for IndyCar updates, you're going to have to find another feed. And then Andy mentioned he's moving to North Carolina, which is yes. uh, huge. That is huge, and I, I know he's been talking about it for a while, so it's kind of funny. So Andy, um, he tweeted multiple times that he was getting out of Twitter. Um, I feel the exact same way about Andy, so I just got out of Twitter today. But I didn't tell anybody until you guys on the podcast because I'm only going to break news about my life to, the pot, to this podcast. You didn't uh, make a big, long announcement with didn't, a Twitter thread? Didn't, didn't make a big deal about it. Um, yeah, so just out, done. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's moving to North Carolina. He's been talking about it for a long time, and my brother has a house now. I think it's in Corolla or near Corolla. I've never been to the Outer Banks, but it's on the Outer Banks. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to, you know, it seemed like uh, the three people that tend to respond to the stuff I send out seem interested <laughs> in the idea of, <laughs> of maybe if, we're, if we can, you know, go and drink from – a decent distance apart and stay in the same house and all that sort of stuff we can. So we'll see, I, I suppose what the world looks like maybe after the new year um, and try and see if we can maybe do it. instead of doing a, a hockey trip to a hockey game, do a hockey trip to a beach. That would be pretty cool since we have a place to stay. I understand it's got like five sofas. So Howard, good. We'll, we'll find a place for him to sleep for sure. Sleeping on a different sofa every night. That's his dream. And yeah, so that sounds like a great trip. And so I also wanted to announce that, you know, it's 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 tradition for the Caucasians when they win the championship, and this year it's, you know, it's co-champions, which is bullshit. But um, I do have the cup, the farts. Um, 
um, sent me the cup and it survived. Uh, I don't know. He didn't send it through the mail. I think it came UPS. So anyway, I have the cup and the, the Caucasians uh, are going to be embarking Thursday, uh, first thing Thursday morning on a solo cross country trip that it will start in San Diego uh, and, and eventually end at the, uh, on some island east of Savannah, Georgia. So the cup will be doing its usual tour of uh, the world uh, while the Caucasians have it. So I'm not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and learn between now and then how to do um, podcasting remotely. And, and and I'll tell you about all the pictures that I'm going to not post on, this, on the website about that I took with the cup because um, no one ever looks at the pictures I post anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, so the cup's going to make some appearances. I don't know. Maybe it uh, um, will find some cool places for uh, for the cup to to get its picture taken. Kip, uh, Kip and Chuck, uh, did the same thing. They had the cup made an appearance up in Oregon, um, survived the rioting, uh, in Portland. And, uh, they took some pictures of it up at, uh, abandoned dunes on the coast there playing golf. So, so the cup is uh, even, even in a COVID year, the cup is still getting around. So that's kind of cool. For sure. The cup, the cup is more traveled than I am. So is there, uh, are we done, or do you want to? Is there anything else anybody wanted to throw into the mix here before we we call it a podcast? I've got nothing else to add. Nothing else. I to think add. we're good. I think we're Thanks good. Spend. All right. Well, that's that. Talk to you guys later. See you, Singapore. See you, Jack. What have we just seen? <laughs> <Not> Singapore. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you too.